Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Geek Vibes Interview brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Don Fisher, and today I have with me a bright rising star. You know her as Katana from Suicide Squad, Glimmer from She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, Kipo of Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast, and more recently as Kamiko, a.k.a. the female from Amazon's The Boys. Welcome, everyone, the one and only Karen Fukuhara. Hi, Dong. How's it going? It's going pretty decent. You know, uh, just trying to stay safe out here. How are, how are you? Same, same. Um, yes, absolutely. Staying indoors and um, staying away from the sun, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and then I was sitting there thinking, like, it's it's not the best year for the name Karen, unfortunately. Oh, my goodness. You <laughs> have no idea how many people have reached out to me about this topic even people that I haven't talked to in years have messaged me online <laughs> about being um, 2020's Karen. And so, yes, I am well aware. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, well, you know, you'll be the one, Karen, that we all acknowledge, so it's all good. Um, yeah, so, so thank you. <laughs> I kind of want to ask you, and it's going to be a, 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 a strange-ish kind of question, but... I've noticed uh, watching, you know, different interviews you've done and whatnot that you're a very bubbly person, Um, but it seems that you get cast in kind of a stark contrast, get these kind of dark characters. Um, Is that something that you – do you relate to these characters, or um, is it just kind of fun to be the opposite of yourself? I think both, you know, um, I actually, a lot of people have mentioned that I am completely different from my characters and, um, yeah, I I guess from, from an outside perspective, it's hard to see this, you know, darker side of me as Karen. Um, but you know, it, it always just, there's always a little part of um, yourself when you play these characters. So um, there must be this uh, dark, crazy, uh, animalistic (laughs) side, maybe not murderous um, side of me that uh, just shows up um, whenever needed. I actually have so much fun playing these characters. It's not every day that you can be so, um, so different from yourself and, um, you know, I get to do these amazing action sequences and then wear black outfits that are so cool. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's all very fun to do both um, characters like me and also these dark characters that um, may seem like it's far-fetched. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, I'm sure. And if people don't know, um, The Boys, uh, season two, will premiere uh, on Prime Video on Friday. And mm-hmm. your character, uh, Kamiko, 
she seems to kind of, which it just happens to be, I guess, lucky for you that, like, this character and then also, like, Katana and Suicide Squad, you get to play these characters that, you know, at first may not seem like the main character, but kind of drive the story. You know, you once, uh, in season one of The Boys, once they um, come across your character, that's when the story kind of took off for me. You know, I think uh, initially mm-hmm. we are kind of, uh, like, you get, we got, got uh, drawn in by the shock and awe of, like, what was going on because we never saw a superhero show like this. But then once, mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, gets your character, boom, it takes off, and your character is so compelling because you have to portray her without being able to speak. So it's a lot of your actions and faces and whatnot. Um, is that something that, like, you pride yourself in, being able to be that kind of uh, actress? Uh, to be uh, the driving force or to be um, To be able to the, kind of, yeah, drive, drive the story mm-hmm. with with your, you know, not necessarily all your lines, but your actions and your mannerisms and uh, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, in terms of the storyline and how uh, Kimiko's and Katana's um, circumstances drove uh the these uh, the storyline of the main characters um that is you know all props to the writers um i think in the beginning of season one when i met with eric he told me that you know um kimiko's arc kimiko will have an arc and we want her to be more human she's not going to just be a killing machine um, and so, and that's true, you know, we do see why she is who she is um, in season one. And, uh, you know, her entire backstory is what uh, drives the boys to, um, you know, um, go after Vought, uh even more than before. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of just, I don't want to take credit for it at all. It's just, um, <laughs> you know, mercy to the writers and they've done such a beautiful job with everyone's arcs and storylines. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, uh, she wasn't, Kimiko wasn't just a throwaway character or just thrown to the side with no purpose at all. She, she definitely has um, her own place within the boys. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this next season with your character, and I know that you have a martial arts background, um, and you get to play a character who has these, you know, fighting skills. Um, how much of your your background in martial arts um, helps you in this role, and do you um, do your own stunts? Yeah, it it helps immensely. I mean, I used to perform uh, forms karate forms and compete in that so learning the choreography and creating meaning behind the choreography and every move and you know thinking ahead about okay well if I attack this guy and there's someone coming from behind I have to do this and so you know having perspective on uh, the meaning behind every move and learning the choreography and uh, navigating space and the amount of force that you can put uh, on each move, knowing that, it 
knowing your own body has helped immensely with this stunt work. Um, with that said, I don't want to take credit from, you know, my stunt double Irma, who, you know, makes me look super badass and um, does a lot of the, like, crazier, riskier stunts for me. And um, it, I think what I love about working with her is that, because we worked together on Suicide Squad as well, we developed this genuine friendship and uh, we get dim sum over the weekend sometimes. Um, <laughs> we can talk about, you know, creating the character together because there are moments when I, I cannot be the person in front of the screen because the stunt is too difficult for me and she's the one playing Kimiko. And the way Kimiko walks and falls is very different from another human walking and falling. And the way that Kimiko maybe takes a hit or uh, attacks someone, um, there's a stylistic thing there that um, Irma and I can talk about and create before doing the stunt. And so um, that's also been a really collaborative process. And um, I'm so thankful that I have someone like her that, can, is skillful and can also think about the character motivation um, and physical uh, appearance of the character. Yeah, then that seems that that may be why some of like, um, I'm sure there's other um, actors who have that, maybe a similar chemistry with, uh, I know we've heard about different actors that have a, a stunt person that kind of does the same thing, travels different is on different sets and whatnot, so it, it's able to uh, come across that more authentic um, with you having that kind of connection, so that's always great. Um, so what can we expect from Kamiko's storyline this season? Because um, I assume with uh, there being a little more focus on her towards the second half of the first season that uh, we're going to get more into her story arc this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so in season one, we see her at the terrorist camps, Shining Light Liberation Army, and her unfortunate circumstances that has led her to uh, to the boys. And now she's found a family. But um, in season two, we get to reconnect with her past, and there is someone... Uh, a special someone that she is reunited with in the first two episodes. And then, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, the reunion is such a huge part of season two. And um, this character kind of launches her motivation throughout uh, the rest of the season. And you can definitely look forward to episode three being a... 360 degree change, shift, perspective um, in will uh, without giving too much away. Um, <laughs> it, it changes. Episode three changes Kimiko um, and we will definitely see more of her throughout the season. <laughs> nice. So does that also mean that we may get a more of a Kamiko Frenchy romance. Yeah, I think you know it's that's an interesting question to answer because we don't want to define anything 
we also don't want to give any spoilers away, but we also don't want to define <laughs> anything. Um, but it, I can say this. In season two, we'll see the two of them clashing. Um, and it comes from a place of Kimiko wanting to find her true self and her true identity and herself outside of Frenchie. She wants to become an individual. And that is the reason for them to... Um, kind of rub a little, but we'll definitely see more of Frenchie and Kimiko. Um, and yeah, there are some cute moments in there too, as well. <laughs> yeah. And if, if Frenchie's smart and he's after seeing what Kimiko can do, I think he should let her do what she wants to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's strong <laughs> enough for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, recently we've seen a lot of shows um, like um, Umbrella Academy, The Watchmen, uh, tackle social issues. And I know that, like, in the first season, to me, it seemed like the boys kind of was tackling, like, big business corruption. Um, mm-hmm. So is there any kind of social issues or any kind of social commentary that the second season kind of uh, hones in on? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, throughout both seasons, we see the abuse of power um, by people that are in positions of power. Um, The Souks are obviously very corrupt. The entire organization, Vought International, is corrupt, and they don't use their powers for uh, for good. And we are seeing that in... um, our American world today as well. <laughs> it's so funny because right. when I'm, you know, this subject matter was written in comic book format years ago. And then even our writers today, we've strayed away a little bit from the comic book and it's still so relevant. And in 2020, when we all watched the second season I mean, I was blown away at how relevant all of the topics we tackled were. Um, and we did not foresee 2020 happening, you know. So, um, again, uh, writers, writers, writers. <laughs> um, and then specifically for Kimiko, we'll see her endure a little bit of racism. Um, and then there's a specific character uh, that really just takes a deep dive into racism um, Mm. for season two. And uh, that will be a huge topic point, I think. Yeah, and I I think that's a great thing, like with shows like this, that it's able to contextualize some things that, you know, people, when we deal with some of these issues, may not want to face them uh, head on, like in, in, in reality. But if you're able to have a show that you love, kind of put some things in perspective for you, it makes that show that much better. And, you know, I know some people don't like it, but I, I, comics and graphic novels have always kind of done that. There's always been a place for them to point out things that they see because, you know, with these great writers, they take what they see and, and turn it into, you know, this new reality. Um, so it's it's great that we'll see that in the season in season two. Um, and with that yeah, said, I mean, it's it like raises, you know, it's uh, media in general, but TV shows, films, 
all of that um, creates a way for viewers to communicate with one another and have discussions about difficult subjects. Um, so I think that's, that would be a positive thing that comes out of um, us raising these questions on our show. Um, we will see the, the, an extreme version of a Karen. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see that for sure. Oh, <laughs> um, and and to kind of segue, uh, uh, what mm-hmm. does it mean for for you um, as a Japanese American to represent uh, other Japanese Americans and Asian Americans um, on the screen? It means so much to me. I mean, it, I'm so lucky to be in it, to be in anything, you know, years ago, this opportunity may not have happened. And so I'm just so thankful for the position that I'm in right now. And um, I think there needs to be more representation. It matters so much, um, especially, you know, as a young person growing up in America, when you don't see yourself represented on screen or um, have not that many people to look up to, um, it changes you. Um, hi, sorry, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, okay, so sorry. I thought we got disconnected <laughs> for a second. Um, yeah, it, it, your pers- whole perspective of the world is different when you, like, whether or not you see yourself on the screen. So, um, yeah. You know, it, I think it was Sandra O. Oh that had said this in a previous interview and she was watching the Oscars and um, she was mentioning the movie Parasite and she was saying how the, you know, Parasite is a movie about Korean people that Korean people made. The creators are Korean. And so there's no like American filter to it. And I thought that was so interesting because whenever I watch Japanese movies or TV shows, there's no American filter and it's, re- it's really authentic. And I, uh, I think I saw it in half of it and I also saw it in Aquafina's Farewell, but there aren't that many stories written or uh, seen in mainstream media about the Asian American experience. Right, uh, right. You know, so um, I hope that that will be, um, that will also progress and um, we'll see more of that in the upcoming years. But yeah, no, I, I'm very honored to be in the position I am in. Very lucky. I, I'm, I'm so grateful to uh, be able to represent um, my people. <laughs> my people, <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, I, and I think representation is very important and also, you know, with the characters you've been able to play, you know, we've been able to see um, female characters be the stars and be the driving forces when we hadn't seen as much in the past, Which, and I always thought it was very necessary because I love my mom, and, you know, so women yeah. <laughs> are very important to me. So it's great to see this transition happening as well. Yeah. Um, uh, what was it? The other day I was watching, what was it called? Here, let me look it up. Um, I was watching these heist movies. And, oh, how do I do this? Watch list. No. List. No. 
Ah, uh, what was it called? Wait, one second, one second. I really want to get this. <laughs> um, oh, there we go. Okay, so we were watching the movie Snatch, and then we were yes. watching the Italian Job, and they're both like male-centered um, heist movies. And I was just mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I would love to be in a heist movie, but there aren't. There just aren't that many featuring women. And so hopefully right. um, that will change. I, I know that Oceans did an all-female cast, but hopefully more of those as well because it looks like so much fun <laughs> to do. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, so I thought it was a very interesting for you. Um, your, your career is relatively young, and you had, were able to, like, kind of land like a a dream part for your first big movie in Suicide Squad and then now this show how is it how does it feel to have such you know big projects um early on and be around like you know these huge names to where you know you're going to be that it's almost, it feels like almost like a a weird like passing of the torch type of thing with theirs mm-hmm. being so big and then you being around them so you're like the next big star right after them. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I would not call myself a big star at all. Um, I'm like still, like you said, it's you know it hasn't been that long since I've uh, I've stepped foot in this industry, and I don't know. I'm I'm incredibly lucky because when I first auditioned for Suicide Squad, I had no idea what I was auditioning for, who I was auditioning for. I didn't even know that the character name was Katana. They're very secretive, as everyone knows. Um, right. And I went into the audition not knowing. And then even for the boys, I knew um, some of the names attached, but I, none of us had any idea that it would, you know, the show would succeed or it, people would receive it the way that they did, you know. Um, and so I've just been, I feel like the universe just had my back for five, six years. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just feel incredibly lucky because, you know, as an actor, you tackle every audition um, the same way. You put into it 100% of what you can and, you know, you put your heart and soul into something and then to the universe, um whether you got the role or whether the show does well or not or on whatever scale, you know? So I feel incredibly lucky, but I don't know. I don't know about the passing a torch thing. I I am definitely miles and miles and lifetimes behind Will Smith and (laughs) Viola Davis. Um, I look up to them so much. So um, I'm in a different league right now, but hopefully one day I will be able to be in another uh, project with them. That would be great. Yeah, we'll we'll speak it into the universe, so we'll make it happen. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's been a good <laughs> and, and I would, I would like to like to say like many fans of Suicide Squad, it is very unfortunate that we didn't see your character on the list for the Suicide Squad um, because I'm so your character, yeah, your character has so much more I think to to show and weren't able to see it. Yeah, um, I was I was really disappointed to hear that uh, she wasn't in 
the second one, um, especially because you know it, it has such a such a special spot in uh, in my heart. I loved working with you know Margot and Jai and Joel and um, so and Jay of course. So it it was really um, it took a minute to process that I wasn't going to be able to revisit that, but. Um, I think hopefully this, I, I'm sure it'll be like fantastic regardless. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch that in theaters or not in theaters. I guess not in theaters because we're in yeah, I don't, I don't, COVID times. I wonder don't know. how they're going to come out with that. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully uh, in the comfort of our homes. <laughs> excited to watch it. Um, so I have, I'll mean, I, I end, it, I end it on some, uh, lighter questions um mm-hmm. have there been any uh big wow moments while uh shooting the boys like something that whether it caught you off guard or just you know uh crazy stunt or exciting to be there have anything that just kind of blew your mind oh oh my goodness yes i mean i think in the trailers we can see how crazy the whale scene is but that whole sequence, not just the part where we go slamming into the whale, but, you know, being on the boat with the cast, I mean, Carl was the one driving it, Carl but, uh, who plays Butcher. Um, mm-hmm. He goes fishing a lot in his real life, so he was the one driving the uh, the boat in the show. And he was, I mean, we thought he was going to go, you know, at a reasonable speed, so it looks fast but you know we're still it's not that fast no he went full <laughs> speed and we had helicopters <laughs> above us shooting us and there was a boat next to us uh, with all the cameras and you know for the first take I had no idea what to expect but it was way faster than what I what I thought it was going to be so <laughs> I'm sure there was a take in there where Kimiko actually looks uh death like as if death was coming towards her and like really scared <laughs> of her situation and then for take two she had to like pull it together because she's you know Kiko. <laughs> but uh that whole sequence was you know it took like maybe one or two weeks to complete oh, wow. and the weather had um implications as well um so it it, it, it was so much fun doing it with everyone but it, it was like it's the craziest wow moment of my career. <laughs> um, and to my last question, um, if you had to choose the powers and abilities between Katana and Kamiko for your everyday life, which one would you choose? Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. By far, <laughs> the um, Kimiko's powers uh, Kimiko's um, abilities because she can revive. So yeah. that is amazing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, I mean, I, it's kind of cool to be able to take the souls of my victims, but I'm sure I won't be using <laughs> that in everyday life. But I'd love to be immortal. That would be cool. Right. For sure. Yeah, I'd definitely take that every time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Where can uh, people find you on social media? 
Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram as at Karen Fukuhara. That's K-A-R-E-N-F as in Frank, U-K-U-H-A-R-A. And then um, I'm also on Facebook as well. But I think I use Instagram the most. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just uh, I think Instagram just visually you get stimulated and, you know, it's a lot ang- more angry on Twitter. So I try to stay away from there as much as possible. Yes, yeah. Um, um, I yeah, I try to stick to one because there's too much going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, The Boys season two premieres on Prime Video on Friday, September fourth. Karen, it was such a pleasure to have you on here. Um, you know, it, it's great to be able to introduce you to another audience that may not have heard you. Which we're geek vibes, so I'm sure most of us have, but. Um, it, it was it was great to have you on. I'm glad you. Uh, we appreciate you taking your time out to have a talk with us. Um, and uh, hopefully we can do this again in the future for when season three comes around. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for this interview. It's been really fun talking to you. Um, so thank you for uh, doing it. Thank you, and uh, stay safe. And we'll we'll see you. Uh, Maybe next year. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for listening. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Stay safe, everyone. Bye. Bye. See you.